make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Alex! Saturday to you. Well, Tune in to Mutiny Radio and Maybe a rock and roll addict dancing on the stage. Money of drugs at your command. Women in a cage. You may be a businessman or some high degree thief. They may call you doctor. They may call you chief, but you're gonna have to serve somebody. Yes, you are. You're gonna have to serve somebody. Serve somebody. Well, it may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're gonna have to serve somebody. Serve somebody. It may be a state trooper. It may be a young Turk. Maybe some bigger TV network You may be rich or poor You may be blind or lame Maybe living in another country Under another name But you're gonna have to serve somebody Yes, you are You're gonna have to serve somebody Serve somebody Well, it may be the devil Or it may be the Lord But you're gonna have to serve somebody Working on a home Might be living in a mansion You might live in a dome You may own guns And you may even own tanks You may be somebody's landlord You may even own banks But you're gonna have to serve somebody Pride. Maybe a city councilman taking bribes on the side. 
Maybe working in a barber shop, you may know how to cut hair. It may be somebody's mistress, maybe somebody's heir, but you're gonna have to serve somebody. Yes, you're gonna have to serve somebody. I like to wear silk, I like to drink whiskey, I like to drink milk, I like to eat caviar, I like to eat bread, maybe sleeping on the floor, sleeping in a king size bed, but you're gonna have to serve somebody. No me vuelvo a enamorar Totalmente para qué Si la primera vez que entregué mi corazón Me equivoqué No me vuelvo a enamorar me vuelvo a enamorar, no me vuelvo a enamorar, totalmente para qué, si la primera vez que entregué mi corazón me equivoqué, no me vuelvo a enamorar, porque esta decepción Me ha quitado el valor de volverme a 
Gabriel there. Uh, we just lost one Gabriel a week, two weeks ago. Certainly not one of the most uh, political singers. Juan Gabriel was much more of a, a songsmith. He wrote uh, little popular songs. But beyond that, he somehow touched the spirit of Mexico. And I don't think there's any other way to say it. Uh, the outpouring of grief and uh, emotion upon the death of Juan Gabriel, I think, has surprised everyone. Uh, that song was called No Me Vuelvo Enamorar, I Won't Ever Fall in Love Again. Uh, Gabriel, let's finish up our intro set here. Um, Juan Gabriel, of course, died at the age of 66, I believe. Uh, it sounds like exhaustion is kind of what got him. He kept performing. He was the kind of performer who would work one famous concert in the Zocalo in Mexico City. He sang for six hours or something, and, and there were breaks and everything. Okay. Let's listen to Johnny Paycheck, one of the first I protest songs. I've seen a lot of good folk die 
had a lot of bills to pay. I'd give the shirt right off my back if I had the goods to say. Take this job and show. I ain't working here no more. A woman done left, took all the reasons I've been working for. You better not try to stand in my way as I'm walking out the door. Take this job and show. I ain't working here no more. The foreman, he's a regular. Top haircut, Lord, he thinks he's cool. One of these days, I'm gonna blow my top. That sucker, he's gonna pay. I can't wait to see their faces when I get the nerve to say, Take this job and show. I ain't working here no This is Labor and Love, the show that tells you how it is. If one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table, the negotiating table that is, you're probably on the menu. And never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. And when I say labor, I mean you. You don't stand up for something. They say you counted for sitting down. You stood up for sitting down. <clears throat> sort of the uh, opposite of what Brother Colin Kaepernick did, Colin Kaepernick, stood up by staying seated. Uh, a lot of the debate around what happened, what Ka Kaepernick did, centers not on the issue that he's raising, that is police brutality in neighborhoods of color and poor white neighborhoods. Uh, 
the Black Lives Movement in reaction to that. So, um, the whole idea then of resistance is one that we are going to have to contend with now. People are shooting back now, and that's a terrible thing. Those, uh, Five police, for example, who were uh, murdered in Houston, Texas. This is the kind of thing that's going to start happening now. And it's stupid, it's suicidal, it's wasteful. It's violent and it's wrong. But can you really say you don't understand where it's coming from? James Baldwin writes somewhere that <clears throat> white people's greatest crime is their innocence. Yeah. We went around and lived, we go along and live everyday life while these things are happening to American people in many cases. And in other cases, immigrant people who come here to work. Okay, let's see what we got here. We've <clears throat> we had started with Lauren Hill. Today on this show, you're going to hear about Scott Walker's latest problems. Anti-union governor Scott Walker of Wisconsin. Well, here our radio labor report. They've they've returned after their union holiday. So we'll get a look at the world labor scene. Today in labor history, big goings on. Uh, farm workers' victory and the Avondale Colliery uh, mine fire killing 110 people. This was in 1869. More, more on that, more on labor history. We got Eugene Victor Debs, the great labor leader, giving his Labor Day speech or recorded version of his Labor Day speech. Women you wouldn't want to mess with. Rose Posada. And well, let's get on with our uh, win labor. Independent News Week in Review. I'm Doug Cunningham. This victory shows what happens when labor can come together, when different unions work together. That was decisive. Dr. Ralph Engelman talking about the Long Island University faculty forcing the university to rescind a lockout. The Long Island University Faculty Federation members were locked out for 12 days. But Dr. Engelman says New York City labor came together to resist the union-busting attempt, and students also rose up with an energetic defense of their locked-out union faculty. It's really a union-busting tactic, and there 
was this tremendous outpouring of support, including a, a student movement that developed on campus. We had walkouts every day, big demonstrations in front of the campus. Having busted the lockout, the faculty union at Long Island University will now keep working while negotiations continue on a new labor contract. It's a tremendous victory. We're extremely excited. When I received the word from the governor's office that he was going to be signing it, I was sharing tears of joy. United Farm Workers President Arturo Rodriguez. California Governor Jerry Brown signed legislation granting farm workers overtime pay. Overtime pay will be phased in over several years, along with a 40-hour work week. On the stump for Hillary Clinton recently in Philadelphia, President Obama questioned how Trump could possibly attract any working family votes. Keep on reading this analysis that, well, you know, Trump's got support from, like, working folks. Really? That, like, this is the guy you want to be championing working people? This guy who spent 70 years on this earth showing no concern for working people. Teamsters Local 952 has managed to reverse a plant closing decision at Kraft Heinz in Fullerton, California, saving 350 Teamster jobs. The total impact is close to 2,000 jobs overall that would have been lost had the plant closed. Patrick Kelly is Secretary Treasurer of Teamsters 952. We went into negotiations. We had three days of meetings. We reached a tentative new three-year agreement with improved wages and slightly improved insurance, very minor concessions. And the company said that to get it approved, we'll talk about the future of the plant. And they notified us that they're going to keep the plant open. Very, very unusual. Very unusual situation. And I guess you could say that Christmas came early in Fullerton, California. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, wages increased in 2015 by 5.2%. That's the largest increase in wages since 2007. The poverty rate also dropped by 1.2%. U.S. working people are not out of the woods when it comes to wage and income stagnation. Real median household income in 2015, according to the Census Bureau, was 1.6% lower last year than in 2007 and 2.4% lower than the median household income was in 1999. Workers Independent News provided by Diversified Media Enterprises. I'm Doug Cunningham. You're going to hear a little Lalo Guerrero, but we'll get to that later on. Um, Right now, I want to play uh, an analysis. There's a group called Labor the Union Edge, and they produce a, a radio show. And this one is about how labor unions are presented. It doesn't always get the facts straight. Let's listen up. This is from uh, the Union Edge. Union Edge coming right up. Uh, comes out of Chicago, I believe. Um, and the problem is I'm... Okay, there we go. We got the Union Edge talking about how news media get it wrong. Hello, welcome back. I'm Charles Showalter. You're listening to the Union Edge, Labor's Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in. We enjoy your company. Uh, joining us now, we've got Julie Alderman. She's with Media Matters. Julie, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. We appreciate it. Um, you were part of an article, Four Ways the Media Attack Organized Labor. And my question <laughs> to you is, it's only four? Really? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, this is just, we tried to do the most recent example, so in the past year, but there are plenty of other ways that don't quite fit into categories like we have here. Yeah, you know, it's like a sharp stick in the eye, but that's another story. So what, what, <laughs> did, you, uh, what did you guys uh, come across? What did you find? Um, sure. So the first way we found is obviously this year has been a big deal um, looking at the courts and how they've handled cases involving public sector unions. And in the biggest case of the year, which was Fredericks versus the California Teachers Association, um, the Supreme Court upheld what are called agency fees, um, which you know all about are fees that non-members pay that are less and don't go towards political activity. Um, right. So, of course, what media did is they didn't understand what those were and made up these false claims about forced union membership and um, said that agency fees go to political causes. So they were just like flat out wrong there. Um, like that's just that's a lie. Now, I gotta ask which which organization came out with that? Um, well, we heard it on Fox News, of course, okay. and from our friend Rush Limbaugh. <gasps> Rush didn't get it right. I, you know, I, I, you know, and I gotta tell you, my, my, my dear union brother, Chris Christie, <laughs> that's his real name. Yeah. Got his start at a union radio station here in the greater Pittsburgh area. He knows what unions are about. So. Yeah. He's been a member, still a member. Okay, so those okay, those guys got that wrong. What else did they do? So we also saw a lot of people, and not just right-wing media, um, delegitimizing union voters and the union vote. So <sighs> when Hillary Clinton won the Nevada caucus in February, um, a lot of people just brushed it off as saying, oh, it was a controlled vote, um, and it was, you know, pushed by service union bosses to help push Clinton over the top. And the union vote is much more diverse than that. I mean, as you know, like, there are people all across the spectrum, and mm -hmm. no one is forcing anyone's hand in the polls. Yeah, and, and there's two things I want to say about this. Most union people are not exactly shrinking violets. Mm -hmm. And if there were, quote-unquote, union bosses, and they tried to boss around union members, they wouldn't be a union boss for very long. I'm just saying, you know. We've got this whole thing about a constitution in the unions and uh, people get voted out of office. Um, yeah, we are a, a fiercely democratic organization. Um, in, in addition to that, um, a third of the membership here in the United States are Republicans. Mm -hmm. A third are Democrats and a third are independents. Okay, we're, we're pretty even all across the spectrum. But I will tell you this, and one of the other things that our friends are missing is, is that while union membership in this country is about 15% of the population, mm -hmm. it represents about 25% of the total vote. Mm -hmm. Union members and their families go out and vote. Yeah, exactly. And um, it's just... It's a way of brushing off a win for Clinton, and it's also a way of brushing off union members and making them appear like they're a monolithic group um, that's voting because, in a certain way because someone tells them to. Yeah, well, now, our friends at Fox News would love to be able to say, you go vote for this person because we told you to. 
yeah. Yeah, that's what they try and do every day. That's what Rush Limbaugh tries to do every day. But, you know, I, I, I got to tell you, long and short of this is, is nobody tells an individual union member who to vote for. Um, but they do ask that you go out and vote your heart. So exactly. that's what they do. All right. So that's two. What are the other ones? Um, so the third is giving a voice to those with dark money ties that are attempting to undermine unions. So we've seen a lot of papers and cable news networks are hosting people who have ties to um, anti-union groups um, and, you know, groups that are, like, explicitly pushing for um, anti-union legislation. You talk about unions and smear them without either without disclosing them or without making it clear where their um, money's coming from. It's all about following the money, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not always clear. Right. And the last one is about teachers. And, of course, it's the first day of school across a part of the country. Um, and we saw some strikes this past year, and a lot of the media was claiming that um, teachers who were striking or, you know, just teachers' unions in general don't care about the children they educate, which is just not true, and they got their facts. No, actually, actually, it's those people in the media that don't like their own kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, teachers are uh, very, very much concerned about uh, the, the children that they educate, and uh, quite frankly, anybody who knows a teacher knows that. Um, and anybody who says that teachers aren't in it for the kids, uh, I'll—I—I I, I am sure many teachers would be willing to swap paychecks with you. I'm just there's saying. a reason. There's a reason that so many teachers, you see, so many buying school supplies for their classrooms right. out of pocket. Right. Absolutely. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Yeah, my wife used to have a revolving charge account at the uh, local teacher store. So. Yep. It didn't. My, my mom I didn't. Has that too. <laughs> so, long and short, uh, teachers are doing a great job, and God bless each and every one of them because uh, they are not doing it for the money and the glory because there's darn sure a little of that. Well, I got to tell you, Julie, um, these are all things, and there are many others that are out there that Fox News and Rush Limbaugh and others will jump up and down and try and convey to you. But when it's all said and done, if you want to find out what a union person's really like, walk up and shake their hands and ask how you can join a union, too. They'll probably tell you. Exactly. So, anything else for us today? Um... We have a lot of news coming out from Fox News about a settlement with Gretchen Carlson and Greta Van Susteren is leaving. So there's a lot going on all around. So we'll keep you guys updated. Well, there you go. And some of those descriptions are pretty horrific, but that's another story. Julie, how do we find out more about you and what you do for Media Matters? Yeah, you can check out our website, mediamatters.org. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at MMFA. And you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Julie Alderman with an underscore at the end. There you go. And if you include us at The Union Edge, we'll retweet it for you. But in the meantime, we'll talk to you again soon, okay? All right. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. I'm Charles Sh Okay, that was The Union Edge. And they were interviewing this media woman, Julie. And um, <clears throat> she's talking about how the news media gets it wrong about union issues. 
uh, specifically talking about the case of Friedrichs here in California, which, by the way, has been uh, defeated because uh, the justices didn't want to rule on it, being divided 4-4. They wanted to have uh, that swing vote in there. Chances are if uh, Judge Alito had not died, uh, it would have lost. Friedrichs would have lost, and unions would have lost the right to collect some fees from non-members to cover all the protections that union would give them. Eugene Debs. Let's listen to Eugene Debs' Labor Day speech. Eugene Victor Debs, one of the giants of the American labor movement, uh, was uh, a railroad, worked as a, a fireman in his hometown of Indiana and on the railroad, became president of the uh, Railroad Workers Union and led them to a victory in the Great Northern Strike and then a long and bitter fight with the Pullman Company, which ultimately lost. Debs was jailed in uh, 1919 for counseling men to resist the draft. He ran for president while in prison. got almost a million votes, a truly beloved labor hero, I guess you'd say, but see if we can get Debs to talk. Eugene Victor Debs, uh, like I said, was from Indiana, went to work when he was very young on the railroad was one of the founders of the uh, Wobblies, uh, the IWW, and let's see, Walter Ruther, Gompers. All right, let's listen to some music while I run that down. We had started uh, there with Lauren Hill. de mi gente protector del campeón 
no juegues con mi honra parrandera si tus caricias no van a ser mías de nadie Qué lejos estoy del suelo donde he nacido. Inmensa nostalgia invade mi pensamiento. Y al verme tan sola y triste, cual hoja al viento, quisiera llorar. Nakajika yori nunyu nunika kuri Kuashatindo nija kunte iniri Handao yo maturi nuhandi sotachi Kuniri ndairi kuniri kuri Hatuninakani niri Oh, tierra del sol, suspiro por verte. Ahora que lejos yo vivo sin luz, sin amor. Y al verme tan sola y triste, cual hoja al viento, quisiera llorar, quisiera morir de sentimiento.
you just heard and before those two we had Lalo Guerrero singing about Cesar Chavez and that brings us to a story <clears throat> of this day in labor history September 16 2004 on September 16 2004 Mount Olive Pickles finally came to an agreement with the Farm Labor Organizing Committee, FLOC, ending a lengthy boycott of the company. <clears throat> the groundbreaking Farm Workers Union launched one of the most successful organizing campaigns of the last 25 years in the South demonstrates the continued vitality of farm worker unions in the present. FLOC was founded in 1967 by Valdemar Velasquez, a 20-year-old son of a Mexican immigrant family, migrant farm worker family. We usually think of Cesar Chavez and California, the UFW, but this group boycotted <coughs> Campbell's Soup, which was using non-union labor to get its get supplied with its with its stuff, its food. FLOC initially sought to organize farm workers themselves. <coughs> organized farm workers on individual farms but soon realized the limitations of that strategy because the farmers themselves didn't hold the ultimate power over wages. Farmers sold their crops to the big food conglomerates. That's where the power lies in the agricultural world. Thus the boycott against Campbell's Soup after a failed strike, the union called for a consumer boycott against Campbell's Soup. In 1987, the boycott finally became successful. Campbell signed a contract with both the farmers and the FLOC to double wages, improve migrant housing, and provide a grievance procedure doesn't sound sexy, but it's tremendously important for any worker who is too scared to complain about their lives otherwise. So farm worker organizing 
isn't only Cesar Chavez and Dolores Huerta and Arturo Rodriguez and the uh, UFW. It's also about uh, other groups like in Florida, the strike there against Taco Bell. All right, we said we were going to have uh, Eugene Debs and uh, threw some things at you about Debs. Debs is one of the most beloved uh, labor leaders or leaders in the land. This is a uh, Labor Day, a poem, Labor Day speech. Nor am I opposed to fighting under all circumstances, and any declaration to the contrary would disqualify me as a revolutionary. When I say I am opposed to war, I mean ruling class war, for the ruling class is the only class that makes war. It matters not to me whether the war be offensive or defensive or what other lying excuse may be invented for it. I am opposed to it. And I would be shot for treason before I would enter such a war. Capitalist wars for capitalist conquest and capitalist plunder must be fought by the capitalists themselves as far as I am concerned. And upon that question there can be no compromise and no un un misunderstanding as to my position. I have no country to fight for. My country is the earth. I am a citizen of the world. I would not violate my principles for God, much less for a crazy czar, a savage kaiser, a degenerate king, or a hot gang of hot-bellied parasites. Oh yes, I wasn't against war. I saw the one war that made sense was the war waged by the working class, day in, day out, year after year. The war to ameliorate the conditions of labor, the war, to, the war to improve life in general, and eventually, and what I became a champion of, the war for political power. Hey Amen. That was uh, Eugene Debs talking about talking about war and how he was against all capitalist wars because they were just wars of about greed the only war he's, he remarks that he's interested in is the war of working people trying to make their lives better Eugene Debs his Labor Day speech 19 can't tell You've got mail. Thank you. I was just told that I have mail. <laughs> Anatomy of a lockout. This story is on uh, Working in These Times website. And it has to do with uh, Long Island University. August 31st, a Long Island University Faculty Federation Union contract expired. 
Faculty and management began negotiations over a new contract. And on September 6th, the faculty met to discuss a proposed agreement. Faculty voted 226 to 10 not to accept the contract that was provided by the administration. Rather than renegotiate the agreement, however, management decided to lock out the university's 400 professors. Lockouts are often confused with strikes under both workers aren't working. But whereas strikes are offensive measures taken by workers against bosses, lockouts are a boss's tool used to break unions. Such was the case in the lockout. The 12-day lockout ended yesterday with faculty and staff returning to class. Faculty and faculty returned to class after students missed seven days of classes. Faculty refused to accept a concessionary contract the administration tried to force them to accept, leading the union to declare victory. Number two, California farm workers win equal overtime. This bill corrects 78 years of discrimination. California just approved the strongest overtime pay legislation in the nation for farm workers. Long exempt from overtime standards mandated for most other occupations. A legislation known as AB 1066 was signed into law this week by Governor Jerry Brown and will eventually result in time and a half pay for farm workers who work more than eight hours a day, 40 hours a week. This bill corrects 78 years of discrimination, not just in the state, but in the country as Juan Garcia, an internal coordinator with the UFW. Most of the people that I've talked to here in Sonoma that have worked 30, sometimes 40 years, they've been waiting for something like this. French workers step up labor strikes this law, we're going toward a catastrophe, they say. France takes its summer vacation seriously. Families enjoy weeks of paid time off. Major cities simply empty out. Students go on break. This year, it's also when the ruling socialist government approved a deeply unpopular and sweeping set of labor reforms arguably the most significant rollback of workers' rights since the nation's welfare state rose from the ashes of World War II. From March to July, hundreds of thousands of workers, students, unionists, and sympathizers protested against so-called loi travail. With the country back from its collective break, and the hotly contested law starting to take effect, 
rabble-rousers are ready to hit the streets again. This Thursday, opponents have called for another round of strikes and protests against the reforms, demanding the government withdraw the law. The objective, the objective is the same, says Eric Rennell, Benel, spokesman for Solidaire, one of the several unions to endorse the latest round of protests. We thought the law was bad before it was adopted, just because it was adopted. Moreover, in a completely undemocratic way, doesn't mean that we should stop the mobilization. It's only logical co to continue. Okay, we've got a couple more stories, one about the UMass Labor Center and one about our own City College of San Francisco. That entire campaign by some people to radically change the type of place that City College is, trying to turn it into more of a factory, more of a, a paper mill where people work, I mean, take courses like for two years and have to leave. This is it. They want people to go right through. City College has a wonderful tradition of providing uh, lifelong learning classes at cut rate prices. Um, classes for people who want to learn English, for example. Classes, exercise classes. It's been, it was a truly community-based place. Hundreds of thousands of people have gone through it over the years. Imagine going to court with no trial, lifestyle, cruising blue Bahama waters, no welfare supporters, more conscious of the way we raise our daughters, days are shorter, nights are colder, feeling like life is over, these snakes strike like a cobra, the world's hot, my son got knocked, evidently it's elementary, they want us all gone eventually, trooping out of state for a plate, knowledge, if coke was cooked without the garbage, we'd all have the top dollars, imagine everybody flashing, fashion, designer clothes, lacing your click up with diamond rolls, your people's holding dough, no parole, no rubbers, going raw, imagine law with no undercovers, just some thoughts for the mind, I take a glimpse into time, watch the blend, read the world is mine, if I rule the world, imagine that, I free all my Any 
these last days until it is be paradise life relaxing. Black, Latino, and Anglo-Saxon. I'm on the exchange, the range, cast, lost tribes of bass. Free at last, brand new whips to crash. Then we laugh in the illa path. The villa houses for the crew, how we do. Trees for breakfast, dime sexes have been stretches. So many years of depression make me vision the better living. Type of place to raise kids in. Opening eyes to the lies. History's told foul, but I'm as wise as the old owl. Plus the gold child seeing things like I was controlling. Click rolling, tricking six digits on kicks and still holding. Trips to Paris, I civilize every savage. Give me one shot, I turn tripe life to lavish. Political prisoners set free, stress free. No work release, purple and threes and jet skis. Fill the wind breeze in West Indies. I think Coretta Scott King, mayor of the cities and reverse things to Willie's. It sound foul, but every girl I meet to go downtown. I'd open every cell in Attica, send them to Africa. Imagine that. Thugs living worry, duck down in car seats, heat's mandatory. Running from Jake, getting chased, hunger for papes. These are the breaks, many mistakes go down out of state. Wait, I had to let it marinate. We carry weight, trying to get laced. Flip the A stack to safe. Millionaire plan to keep the gap with the cock camera. Making moves in Atlanta, back and forth scrambler. Cause you can have all the chips. Be poor or rich, still nobody want a nigga have a shit. If I rule the world and everything in it, sky's the limit. I push the Q45 infinite. It wouldn't be no such thing as jealousies or be felony strictly living longevity to the destiny i thought i'd never see but reality struck better find out before your time's out what the fuck if I rule the world, imagine that imagine that Sweet, I will eat. You will eat. 
when you die, that's a lie. Now, Joe Hill was executed by the state of Utah November 19th, 1915, for writing songs like this. Huh? But he left them to us. These are our people's songs. So you damn well ought to learn how to sing it, don't you think? Huh? It's done Baptist style. I must be some Baptists around here somewhere. You understand what I mean? Are there any Baptists here? Good. <laughs> answer back. I sing out a line, and then you sing it back, and then we sing a line together. All right? And you follow these guys. You will eat. You will eat. By and by. By and by. In that glorious land in the sky. Way up high. Work and pray. Work and pray. I'll live on hay. Live on hay. You'll get pie in the sky when you die. That's a lie. Yeah, real vociferous on that last part, all right? And the starvation army they play. And they shout and they clap and they pray. Uh, when they've got all your coins on the drum And uh, they will tell you when you're on the bomb uh, You will by and by In that glorious land in the sky I work and pray, live on hay uh, You'll get by in the sky when you die That's a lie Holy rollers and jumpers come out Jump and they shout, I'll give your money to Jesus, they say, and you'll eat on that glorious day. Hey, you will eat, you will eat, by and by, by and by, in that glorious land in the sky. I'll work and pray, live on hay, live on hay. You'll get by in the sky when you die. That's a lie. Of all countries unite side by side we for freedom shall fight when this world and its wealth we have gained to the grafters we'll sing this refrain you will eat by and by when you've learned how to cook and how to fry chop some wood chop some wood do you good
contra leyes racistas en Arizona, allá arriba, allá arriba. Rebelde, a version of the uh, traditional Mexican song done by Las Cafeteras. Um, I'd like to play the end of that. Anyway, La Bamba Rebelde, and we're playing a lot of Spanish music today by Mexican artists because, as you may or may not know, Yesterday, the 16th of September, was the Dia de Independencia, the Day of Independence, similar to the United States 4th of July. Um, on this date, September 16th, Padre Hidalgo uh, came out on the balcony of a church in Guadalupe, in Mexico and proclaimed the Republic of Mexico. Viva Mexico, viva la Virgen de Guadalupe, mueran a los gachupines. Ray from Mexico and the Virgen de Guadalupe, death to the Spanish. That was in 1810, a long and bloody kind of uh, war of independence went on with um, generals changing sides back and forth, some of them. Uh, one general tried to proclaim a, uh, an empire. Uh, finally, the war was ended in 1824, and Mexico became its own nation. Que viva Mexico! Viva la dia. Viva el Día de Independencia. I had something about Scott Walker. Scott Walker is the governor of Wisconsin who railroaded through the, uh, Act 10, stripping public sector unions of collective bargaining rights. Well, now it appears that he's been caught in 2012, he faced a recall election and he went around to big corporate 
spenders and uh, got donations from them. Of course, one of them was Donald Trump. Uh, he was under pressure. It was 2011, and earlier that year, the first-term governor had turned himself into the poster boy of hardline Republican politics by passing the notorious Anti-Union Measure Act 10, stripping public sector unions of collective bargaining rights. Now he was under attack himself, pursued by progressive groups who planned to revenge on him by forcing him into a recall election. His job was on the line. One advisor told him, corporations go heavy after them to give. Take conscious money, get on a plane to Vegas, and sit down with Sheldon Adelson. Ask for one million dollars right now. Her advice must have hit a sweet spot. wealthy individuals from across the nation. So what Walker did was make his anti-union campaign a national one. The donations were made to a third party group that did not have to disclose its donors. In the world of campaign finance, the group was known as Dark Money. Scott Walker asked, giving him $10,000, because Scott Walker asked. That could stand as an elegant catchphrase for the state of democracy in the U.S. today. This is The Guardian, and this, this story was broken on Democracy Now. This group is supposed to be non-profit. is the law that made this possible. The U.S. Supreme Court's highly contentious 2010 decision. The ruling gave corporations, and by extension labor unions, the same First Amendment rights to free political speech as a human being. It opened the floodgates of corporate cash to pour into elections. SpeechNow.org versus FCC, FEC. It's about super PACs that can spend unlimited amounts of corporate money on paying for trying One of the judges, uh, eventually the judges had this case in the state Supreme Court, a conservative group, had the case quashed and directed that all copies testimony being destroyed, but somehow it leaked out. Anyway, check it out. It's uh, the Guardian, an English paper. The work was done by 
Ed Pilkington was the lead reporter on this story, and he was on uh, Democracy Now! Got Radio Labor back. Let's listen to their world report about the state of There were neither doves nor names, but the old siren's small eyes had filled with tears and could... How'd we get that? Um, one second, please. This is the uh, Radio Labor World Report. The international labor movement is mobilizing its members to fight climate change. Unions in the UK want workers to be protected as the country leaves the European Union. And the Labor Start report about union events around the world. This is Radio Labor. In Pakistan, more workers have been killed because of unsafe factory conditions, while in Bangladesh, compensation is finally being paid to another group of workers injured in an accident. Radio Labor's senior correspondent, Seamarie Ainsborough, reports. In the past week, workers in Pakistan and Bangladesh have experienced one step forward, one step back. In Pakistan, a four-year set of negotiations to compensate survivors and families of workers killed in the country's worst industrial action ended in a settlement worth $5 million. The money will be used to help those affected by a fire in a Karachi garment factory where 250 workers died and 50 were injured. Many of the workers burnt to death because they were trapped behind locked doors and barred windows. The German retailer Kick, which purchased the garments produced by the factory, has agreed to pay for loss of earnings, medical care and rehabilitation costs. The settlement came only after labor organizations forced the company to pay proper compensation. The organizations included Pakistan's National Trade Union Federation, the Clean Clothes Campaign, and the Global Union's Industrial in Uni. Meanwhile, another factory fire, this time in Bangladesh, injured 50 workers and killed 24 last week. The fire in the packaging plant was caused by the explosion of a boiler in the three-story building. Yerki Reina, the General Secretary of Industrial, told the media that the Bangladesh Fire and Safety Accord negotiated with clothing brand companies is being successful. This latest accident, he said, shows that similar action is needed for all sorts of workplaces. This is Seamarie Ainsborough reporting for Radio Labour. The international labor movement is intensifying its campaign to raise awareness and find solutions for human-caused climate change. Labor organizations are trying to get countries to live up to the promises they made at a major climate change conference held in Paris last fall. Sharon Burrow is the General Secretary of the International Trade Union Confederation. The ITUC is the global labor body which represents national union centers. For many, many nations, for working people and their families, 1.5 to stay alive, that's the real challenge. The Paris Climate Agreement charted a course for climate action and for hope. We need to see governments work with unions, with uh, business, with civil society, and that requires national dialogue for a just transition. 
All of the actors in the climate change challenge are indeed working men and women and their families. The climate activists who want to see implementation, the new energy workers and other workers in changing industries, and of course the workers in fossil fuels. We demand a just transition that will require national plans, industrial plans for climate action. It will require dialogue, social dialogue, for just transition. Joshua Matas, the Secretary General of Centro, a labor central in the Philippines. We did not create the climate crisis you know, because we're from a poor country. We understand that we are contributing to the carbon emission, but because we are not primarily responsible for the crisis, we should not suffer you know, in the transition towards a low carbon economy. Instead, we demand that government should provide finances so that we can transform our motor engines from, from uh, fossil fuel uh, combusting engines into, uh, uh, into electric engines that, that we can use. As the United Kingdom faces an unprecedented withdrawal from the European Union, labor organizations in the country are demanding that the rights of workers be protected. At its annual conference held in Brighton September 11th to 14th, the Trades Union Congress outlined what it thinks should be the way forward. The TUC represents some 6 million workers in 52 unions. In the recent campaign about Britain's membership in the EU, the TUC supports the Remain side. It has accepted the results of the referendum, but it wants the rights of workers to be protected as the country negotiates a Brexit, the exiting of Britain from the EU. It wants guarantees before the formal notice to leave, Article 50 of the EU treaty, is given. In her address to the conference delegates, the General Secretary of the Trades Union Congress, Frances O'Grady, outlined the TUC's demands. The referendum results on Britain's membership of the European Union heralds a whole new era of uncertainty for the working people we represent. Our polls showed that a majority of trade unionists voted Remain. In this movement, we're Democrats. We accepted what the British people have said. So what I say now is, whether you voted, remain or leave, our job is to get the best possible deal for working people and to build a Britain that is successful, prosperous and fair, a Britain of great jobs for everyone. We face a new government and a new Prime Minister too, show us that your top priority is to make sure that workers don't pay the price of Brexit. And before you pull the trigger on Article 50, we want some guarantees. EU citizens living and working in the UK must be given the right to remain. They are our friends. Now here with his report about union events around the world is Labor Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. Here's a small sample of the more than 2,200 stories our volunteers collected in the last week. Our top stories section included links to news about the union response to the kidnapping of oil workers in Nigeria, 
attacks on basic worker rights by PepsiCo in Pakistan, a strike by prisoners in the U.S. over forced labor and substandard working conditions, and the election of Nareen Sharif as the General Secretary of the Libyan Trade Union Federation, making her the first woman to lead a national trade union body in the Arab world. We had news of strikes and lockouts in dozens of countries. Here are just a few highlights. In Curaçao, oil workers maintained their strike in a wage dispute and gained the support of all of the country's unions when a general solidarity strike developed. Workers at 11 Canadian hotels walked in the first stage of an escalating wage dispute, while garage workers in the same country marked the third year of a lockout. Puerto Rican workers shut down a huge Walmart store to press their demands for union recognition and a living wage. Swazi agricultural workers ended their strike after achieving a 13% wage increase. Strikes in the tourism sector by Tunisian workers reflected disputes over both wages and job security. Public water supply staff in Jamaica held a one-day warning strike in their ongoing wage dispute. And Australian coal miners escalated their wage dispute by downing tools this week. Our top working women stories included coverage of calls for more women to form and join unions as a way of lifting Bangladeshi families out of poverty, a hunger strike by women cleaners in the United States protesting sexual assaults on the job, and the incidence of forced marriage among Cambodian working-class women. The Health and Safety Newswire we run in cooperation with Hazards magazine carried stories to hundreds of union websites around the world about the cancer deaths of Canadian firefighters, how compensation is paid to the families of Indian workers killed on the job, and the violence and abuse suffered by retail workers in the UK. Currently, Labour Start is running six online actions. Take just a few moments out of your day and join thousands of trade unionists around the world in helping workers make their lives better, or even help save those lives. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. And that's it. International labor news you can use. Radio Labor's newscasts are available on its website, iTunes, mobile phones, union websites, and community radio stations. Follow us on Twitter, at Radio Labor. I'm Mark Belanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity. And remember, it's all about global solidarity. all about knowing that everywhere in the world, every day, every hour, there are labor actions going on. You are never alone when you stand up for yourself and for your fellow workers. All right. Um, those are news stories. Radio Labor had a couple of this day in labor history reports um, this is labor radio you're listening to mutiny the mutiny at 2781 21st street social justice radio for the bay and beyond mutiny is a community arts center really it's a place where people come and 
work out their ideas, be the com, be they comedy, be they music, be they audio on the radio. Uh, we have videos, Mutiny Radio. All right, let's see. We heard. Let me look back at some of the songs. I didn't really comment on all of them. We heard Annie DeFranco and Utah Phillips singing the famous song by by Joe Hill, "Pie in the Sky." You'll get pie in the sky when you die. That's a lie. <laughs> La Bamba Rebelde, Las Cafeteras, the better part of it anyway. Before that, Leela Downs with Cancion Mixteca, Paloma Negra, Corrido de Cesar Chavez by Lalo Guerrero. We want justice at Sushi.
services rendered reparations
a dictatorship, it'd be a heck of a lot easier. <laughs> Just so long as I'm the dictator. <laughs>
That was the Election Blues by Atsushi. Atsushi is uh, part of a group called the Fruit of Labor Ensemble out of North Carolina. <coughs> a labor slash civil rights group that records and holds uh, concerts and cultural events in their neck of the woods. We had uh, election blues just now, and before that we had uh, We Want Justice. wanted to talk about Rose Posada today. Rose Posada, a woman you wouldn't want to mess with. She was born in the Ukraine in 1896, and her family were grain merchants. She was exposed to the work of Bakunin, an anarchist, through her father's library and a local anarchist underground. She eventually became an anarchist herself. Her parents arranged a marriage for her, but she did not approve. So in 1913, at the age of 17, she emigrated to New York City and became a seamstress in a shirtwaist factory. In 1914, she joined the International Ladies' Garment Workers' Union, Local 25, which, influenced by the 1909 shirtwaist strike, was led by women and was heavily involved in activism and education of seamstresses. She researched the Sacco and Vanzetti case, becoming a friend of Bartolomeo Vanzetti. She attended summer school at Bryn Mawr in Wisconsin in 1922 and 30, and attended Brookwood Labor College, a school to train labor activists from 1924 to 26. And uh, she was contributing articles to Emma Goldman's Mother Earth magazine. 1933, the Union sent her to Los Angeles to organize a garment workers' union. She organized the primarily Mexican immigrant garment workers, which led to the Los Angeles Garment Workers' Strike in 1933. Strikes were a rarity in this notoriously open shop city, and so her success in Los Angeles led to her appointment as vice president of the union in 1934. Um, Posada resigned from the union staff and board because of sexism, stating that the men to whom I have been so useful did not seem to recognize the fact that I was competent to manage locals. After leaving the union, Posada worked briefly for Benet Brith, However, she returned to work as a seamstress and in roughly a year 
roughly a year. She also wrote and published two memoirs and died in 1965. Rose Posada, a woman you wouldn't want to mess with. Okay, well, this is the B, and uh, it's time to be getting out of here. I'm wishing you good week and good work. Remember, if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, another person worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the negotiating table where you work, you're probably on the menu, and... Never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. This is the B signing off. Tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby. Good, because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again. And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com. That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive, pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com.
Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Yeah, you. You look like the kind of person who has a sense of humor. Oh, uh, is the radio talking to me? No, I'm on an internet podcast. Uh, I'm talking to an internet podcast? Don't be silly. It's a one-way form of communication. But I don't want you to miss out on the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2016 from March 2nd through 6th. And you don't have to. You can buy tickets now on universe.com with 24 national and international visiting comedians and 20 local hosts. You won't want to miss a thing. What if I can't be at every show? Don't worry. All shows will be available for free download at mutinyradio.fm until the internet falls apart. Oh, podcast God, I can't wait to listen to all these great comedy shows and everything else that's cool and muniradio.fm before the internet falls apart. You too won't want to miss a bit of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival from March 2nd through 6th, 2016. Buy tickets now. Brought to you by Subliminal SF, PBR, The Eagle SF, Brainwash Cafe, Asiento, and the great people at Alta California Botanicals. Have you heard of Subliminal SF? Visual and auditory mind control. Graphic design, physical merchandise, live music promotions. Go! www.subliminalsf.com for the most amazing t-shirts you've ever seen. Graphic design for every need and live music promotion at some of the best bars in San Francisco. That's Subliminal SF, visual and auditory mind control. Go to subliminalsf.com now. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for mere fun. 
$5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I used to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> yeah. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's joke workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds. Did you know that compact fluorescent light bulbs use 60% less energy than regular light bulbs? And that each one saves about 300 pounds of carbon dioxide a year? If all Americans switched to CFLs, we would save more than 90 billion pounds of carbon dioxide. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Muni Radio in San Francisco. People from all over the Bay Area come to the Lindsay Wildlife Museum to experience close encounters with live wild animals. The museum's living collection features more than 50 species of non-releasable native California animals. 
Visitors can see and learn about wildlife such as eagles, owls, bobcats, coyotes, reptiles, and other fascinating creatures. The museum's world-renowned Wildlife Rehabilitation Hospital treats more than 5,000 wild animals each year with the goal of returning them to their native habitat. The Lindsay Wildlife Museum is in Walnut Creek. To learn more, visit wildlife-museum.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Safe sex is more than just avoiding STIs and pregnancy, no matter what you're into. Make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Alex! Can you tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternatives. People, this is the Flat Black Classic Show on Mutiny Radio. FM. (laughs) 